0: welcome to dumb love i'm sally brooks and i'm jen o'neill smith and this is a podcast about all the dumb things that people will do for love dumb 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 dumb
1: Welcome to episode 15. Yeah, man. That's a big number. It is a big number. We're... We're going for it. I mean, we just keep... We're going keep, for all
0: the numbers. We're going
1: to do all the numbers. We just keep recording episodes. They want us to stop. <laughs> People said we wouldn't make it,
0: but we, <laughs> but we won't. The old Donnie Wahlberg speech. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: And they <laughs> said... They you said f- we would never make it. They said you guys were dumb for listening. Yeah. <laughs> but you keep listening, you dum dumbs. Yeah,
0: you dum dumbs. Thanks for listening. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for naming yourselves dumb dums too. We really appreciate that. Um, speaking of which, if you aren't on our Instagram, um i would say do it do it we're having fun we're playing yeah. games we're having fun doing a bunch of like games and voting and stuff it's fun if you guys have any suggestions you know send them our way but last week we did um what did we do so we like, did
1: like what are your what are your big pet peeves and then we had you guys so you guys submitted your pet peeves like some funny ones like shanda's pandas who is shanda sung oh who, yeah who uh, is a good friend of the pod she sent us a great uh, story one what time was hers and again it was like oh so hers t- was a man with long fingernails but- cut him to the quick or i won't touch your dick <laughs> 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 so thank you guys for playing our instagram games and um i'm sure we'll have more this coming week yeah. um should we get to our quickies? Yeah, we should. Well, I'm going to start the quickies
0: this week. Um, hey, Sally. Yes, Jen. Man, we, we always come to these things where I'm like, have you ever been on a Tinder date? I'm like, no, we've never been on a Tinder <laughs> no. date. No. Um, but uh, have you ever gone on a date or dated someone who then gave you like a list of things that maybe you might want to consider about yourself? Like things that I
1: should change. Yeah, no, and I would. I, I mean, that would I would be like, "Yes, yeah, see you later." Exactly. That's, that's fuck you.
0: Exactly. <laughs> this yeah. whole story is so crazy to me. Okay, this story comes from uh, Metro. Co. UK and written by, written by Laura Abernathy. Okay, so three months ago, uh, Kimberly Latham Hawksford went on a date with a man. And they just had coffee. Like, they just had a coffee date. That was it. Yeah. And then the date was over. And then she didn't hear from him for three months. Okay. Like, three full months went by of him, her not hearing from him, whatever. Bad coffee date, night-night. It happens. I mean, I
1: I hear that that is, like, totally, like, par for the course in, like, you know, internet dating
0: So you can imagine her surprise (laughs) when three months later she gets a message from him who he apologizes like, sorry, I didn't get in touch with you from before, but I just wanted to give you a list of 15 things that maybe you might want to do to improve yourself. (gasps)
1: What the fuck? No.
0: I I would delete
1: that immediately. immediately.
0: I know. And like, here's a list of the things. Um, And you could see the screenshots will post them too of like the text messages that he sent her and his list of things they're actually bullet pointed like he bullet pointed them what a fucking psycho why why know why why because he's an asshole and she's beautiful by the way of course but he wrote um i feel like you could have made the date much better here's a few reasons why i apologize if i offend you
1: okay already you're offending no if you have to write i apologize if i offend you then you don't care. Yeah. You just are like using that. Um, you're a monster. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're using that as an excuse to then say a horrible thing. Exactly. It's like saying no offense, but.
0: Exactly. Like, I know I'm an asshole, but I admit that I'm an asshole. Yeah. Um, not an excuse. So um, he wrote, first one. If you lost some weight, you would look incredible. Maybe about a stone or so. This is in England. <gasps> yeah. Is a stone like
1: it's like six pounds or something? I don't know. I've always wondered that. Well, let's just say six pounds. I, yeah. I have no idea.
0: Because I'll read like, I'll like Google like, will this food make you lose weight? And there's always someone in England that's like, oh yeah, so <laughs> seven stone by eating nothing but Pop-Tarts. <laughs> um, so anyway, Um So he said, yeah, if you lost weight, you would look incredible. Go fuck yourself. Next one, you are very pale. I know that you aren't a fan of the sun, but a bit of fake tan won't hurt. Next one, you have quite big boobs, so you should show off your cleavage some more. I think you need to wear clothes that suit your figure, but maybe update your style slightly. Just so I'm not embarrassed to be seen with you. What the fuck? Like You think you're going to be seen with me? I know. Again? You need to dye your hair a normal hair color and add extensions. Longer hair is more attractive. I can only imagine what kind of little weaselly, pipsqueak, little gross motherfucker this is. That he's like, she's a beautiful girl. And she's like, and it was like he went on a date with this girl and just thought... You know, I'm just going to... I know I'm not... She doesn't like me. I know I'm not good enough for her. So I'm right. going to go home and, like, perfectly craft this, like, annihilation of her Yeah, I'm going to knock her down to size
1: and think about it for three months.
0: Yeah. What a psych... And then he goes... He says... What... He goes... um You need to look more natural. Stop wearing makeup. Just make yourself look decent, but don't overkill it. And then he goes on to say, Your lips have gone down, so you should think about getting some more filler. I know you said you regretted it, but filler would make you look sexier. I can't even, like, read... And then he goes on to say, You need so much more confidence. Confidence is sexy. Oh, my God. I mean, I can't even... And then he goes... Oh, okay. This this is good for you and me, Sally. Because we're comedians. He goes, um, oh, oh! I have to read all of them. I have to read all of them. I was like, I'm not gonna read. Okay. Um, and then he goes, the fact that you take things slow makes you look like a prude. I didn't get a kiss, which messed with my ego. Be more sensitive to others' feelings.
1: <gasps> I am just like like you're reading this, and my the entire time I'm just shaking my head like no 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 no, no." no.
0: (laughs) and then he goes "Um, when we had food. I know you got a salad, but having full fat Coke is more calories you don't really need.
1: (gasps) (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! This is like oh my god! I feel like this is good. I'm getting a lot of my like rage out, directed at this person I don't know rather than like. Some driver on the street. This is really good.
0: Can I just say that I had... Um, one time I was eating... I wasn't on an official date with this guy. We were all in like... It was like a group hang set session thing. We were all at the yeah. beach together. And it was a guy that... Like I could tell we were vibing. And then... Um, and I spent the whole day that day. Um, I was surfing because I'm a cool surfer. Uh,
1: <laughs> I but didn't I, was know like, cool surfer, try, so I was like, you were cool I was
0: trying to surf all day. yeah, okay, I okay. was so fun. And so we went out to eat afterwards, and I was starving. And then yeah. outside in the sun, like pretending that I was a surfer right. all day. And then so we go and get. Um, like these like fish sandwiches and fries or whatever and I was eating my sandwich and fries and I was like eating them pretty quickly because I was starving and then I I said to myself I didn't say to anybody else else, I said to myself I said man I need to stop eating these fries and this guy took my plate (gasps) dumped it upside down on top of his plate and he goes there now you'll stop eating them and I was like did you get up and walk away? No! (laughs) Jen. I was so pissed and I was like, I will never date you. And then I dated him for four months. (laughs) 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 Because I have low self-esteem. But he actually was like, it was crazy because he was like such an amazing boyfriend. But that was just such... uh, he was like so kind to me the whole time like over overly kind and yeah. so wonderful to me when we were dating but that what I still can't wrap my head around how that even happened. Right. And what a no-no that was. Anyway. Okay, so um he said and so and then he said you have oh he goes you need to keep your past to a minimum. I don't care about it and what you went through. What? you and then he said get a sense of humor you didn't laugh at a single one of my jokes because you're not funny you're a piece of shit and he said you made me feel like a piece of shit when you offered to pay it's like you thought i didn't have enough money after telling you how much was in
1: my account wait what why are you telling yeah no everything about this is wrong do never tell somebody how much is in your bank account on a first date and yeah
0: and then he said you didn't compliment me once Ugh. Oh, my God. So basically, after all of this and this like long list of things, the only thing that she wrote back to him was she said, imagine being so far up your own ass. You'd send this to a girl three months after a date. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Kimberly. Hell yeah. But I mean. And then did she. Oh, he also said he goes, if you take these on board, I might consider another date. I will give you a month. And get back in touch to see if this made a difference. Good day to you, Kimberly. What kind of a psycho. Do we have a picture of this guy? No. I wish there was a picture of this guy. There's a picture of her and she's so pr- I mean, gorgeous. Like, she looks like, um, I mean, Megan, uh, Megan Markle. No, what's the other one?
1: Transformers. Oh, Megan, Megan, what? The Fox. It's just like <laughs> Megan <laughs> Fox. Like, Megan What's like, Yeah. <laughs> Megan.
0: Transformers. Um, so, yeah, she's beautiful. And there's no picture of him, but I'm willing to
1: bet that he's pretty gross. Well, she's a good person because not only would I be, like, publishing this list, which I obviously went viral, like, immediately, but put him on blast. Like, here's his name. Here's have... his picture. Let's think of 10 things that he could do to be better. I mean, That's I, what I would have done. Yeah. I'm very tip for tat like that. I would have wrote back
0: a list of all the things that he needs to work on and then times that by a million and then go tell him to fuck himself yeah so that's my
1: wow okay now we're all fired up I'm so fired up (laughs) 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 oh it feels good um okay so my quickie is um a little more lighthearted. okay okay as mine are one to be um have you ever lost your wedding ring
0: yes how horrible! Isn't it such a horrible feeling? Yes, I actually lost it um, like the day after I got it. No, way. I lost it, and we were pan. That's like so like
1: Freudian. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, know. <laughs> not Freudian. I don't, but you know, like subconscious. Like, oh yeah, like I don't want those No, I
0: um, I lost it the day after we were engaged. We had just bought a house, and he proposed like the day that we closed on the house, Aww. and then the next day, yeah. That's a great um, good, good job. Yeah, good job. <laughs> And then the next day, um, we were at Target, like, buying stuff for the house. And then, like, three stores later, I realized my rings were not on my hand. My ring was not on my
1: hand. And
0: I – my engagement ring. And I panicked and I freaked out. And it took – he was pretty cool about it, I have to say. He was being really cool. Yeah. And but then like after like an hour of searching, when I was like, we did look at the rugs in Target, and I mean, when I tell you, we pulled out every single rug
1: and I yeah. unrolled it,
0: and it was like, and then all of a sudden you just heard ding,
1: and <gasps> it was Adam, like in a rug, in a rug. Oh my god.
0: I know. Holy oh. crap. And like we didn't want to tell the whole story that like engagement ring. There's on a diamond loose. ring here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. I, I remember
1: I went to, um, Ben gave me my ring and I was like, it's too tight. It's too tight. And I went to like, we went to the jeweler cause he had it made at this jeweler that was like below our apartment. And, um, and I, and the jeweler was like every like 50% of. Brides come in and they're just freaking out. He's like, it's not too small. Oh. <laughs> but I actually still maintain to this day, it's a little too small. <laughs> it just felt weird to have on. Yes. Because I yes. would never wear jewelry really. Yeah, and me it's just like, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah,
0: I was so like, funny.
1: I can't, it's too, it's really tight. And he was just like, <laughs> yeah, this happens all the time. How about you just try to get used to it and then we'll see. Yeah. And now I wish it was a little because it does feel a little tight, but I think that's just from like time and waking. But, um. Having babies. It's crazy. Yes. So okay, so Jen Jenna Evans of San Diego, she had one of those dreams that seems so real when you're like that when you wake up, you're like, was that? Did that happen? Or uh-huh. did it not? So she had dreamt that she and her fiance, Bobby Howell, were in like a real harrowing situation. She was like, We were high speed trains and bad guys chasing her. And like in the dream Bobby was scared that the bad guys were going to take her wedding ring. And so she was like, I didn't even hesitate. I sprung into action. I took the ring off. I took a glass of water and I swallowed the (gasps) ring with a glass of water. And then she woke up the next morning to find out that the bad guys were fake, but that she had actually swallowed the ring. Oh (laughs) my God. Can you imagine? In her sleep. And How so, did she, did
0: she feel it like stuck in her throat?
1: No, she didn't even, I mean, just from the dream. But she says that she and Bobby like laughed for like an hour and a half. Just like, holy shit, can you even imagine? She says she called her mom. Her mom laughed until she cried. And then they were Googling, do adults swallow wedding rings? Like, because she's like, I know it happens for kids, we'll do it. Yeah. But, like, so they went to the urgent care where she had to explain to like several doctors what had happened. They were all like, are you sure she swal- you swallowed it? And she was like, well, no, but it's not on my finger. And I don't, like, I had this dream and now it's not, and now it's gone. Oh my God. Um, so the doctor ordered an x-ray and like actually seemed like genuinely shocked when there it was, the ring was like, <laughs> like <laughs> the doctor like walked out of the room, got another doctor to come in and look to be like, oh my God, it is in there. Like, so all the doctors are like, you got to come see this. and um, And she said, as they were like, you know, doing, like, doing all these x-rays, she started feeling it, like, in her gut. So she started feeling the ring, and it was, like, really starting to hurt and make her nervous. And so um, they were like, we don't, we can't, like, let it just pass because it's sharp edges, and it could really hurt you. And she was like, I'm kind of, like, thankful for that because... She, I didn't want to have to poop out her wedding Yeah, she was ring. like, I don't know if I could ever look at it the same way. <laughs> yeah. um, so they gave her an upper endoscopy and um, and got it out. Uh. And they found the ring just beyond her stomach in her intestines. Oh, my God. And they gave it. They took it out and they gave it to Bobby. <laughs> and not he was like, he gave her back the ring. And she promised not to swallow it again. Um, and so she said she started taking her ring off at night. <laughs> Oh my gosh! And that's my quickie. That is crazy. Isn't that crazy. I love it. Oh my god! It's so funny. And I love that they just like approached it with such humor that yeah. like they didn't freak out. They just laughed together. Like I feel like they have um, like that's gonna be a good marriage if that's how you react to thing when things are hard. Yeah. Like I always think like you know. A good successful marriage is like when things are shitty, do you turn to each other or do you turn away? You know, like, yeah. so if you can turn to each other and go through things as a team, then you have like such a good chance of like sticking it out, you know, and dealing with things as a team. But right, yeah, rather than letting, letting, letting something divide you. Hey, Sally. Yes, Jen. Are you ready for a crazy story? Yes, I am. Awesome. So this story
0: is nuts, dude. When I read the um, the headline, I like immediately got like a Beyonce bad bitch lady boner. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Hell yeah! Okay, here we go. This was I'm not gonna read the headline because it'll give away the story. But it was written by Beth Slavic at the Williamette Week.
1: Wait, what? Okay, Um, okay. so I know the story you're doing. No! Because that is a story that I have prepared for next week. Oh, (laughs) no! (laughs) But it is so crazy, and I'm really excited to hear your take on it. Man, what if you were
0: going to do it better than me? I mean, I guess we'll never know. Now you'll judge me harder on this one because you'll be like, I would have told it better. I would have told that very differently. I would have told it
1: the same way that Beth Slavic told it because she tells it, it's so good.
0: Right? Like, I don't even... So I have other sources, but I feel like her article that she wrote is so amazing that I just want to, like, basically, like, I don't... I'm not going to, like, read her article from start to finish, but a lot of it is quoted from this article, and the credit all needs to go to Beth Slaughter. Oh, yeah. She's an am-
1: amazing writer. And from yeah. reading other articles about this story, I'm like, oh, she... I mean, it's the same information, but the way she frames it is, like, so much better. Yeah. And she puts more... I mean, she put puts so much more color into it. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to let you tell your story, but I'm. do you care if I, like, interject if I no, remember things? No, please do. Let's do this together. I, I just can't Let's believe... Do it together. How random is that? Because you know there this isn't like a recent story no i know in this
0: story my husband just like said it he was like i was getting ready and he was sitting at his desk and was like oh uh, here's a headline and like read <laughs> it to me and i was like what
1: yes <laughs> send it to me um that's crazy how did you find it i don't i mean i was searching around um I don't want to give away why I was searching around okay. for what I was searching for because I think it gives it away. You're planning a murder? I was searching around for like how to murder someone and this popped up and I was like, huh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, well let's we'll tell it together
0: then. So I'll tell it and then you can just like jump, I'll jump in. in whenever you want. I'm okay. sure you're gonna be there. you can direct. correct me if I'm wrong on anything too. Oh Jen, this you know perfect. I don't know this anything. Is perfect. I don't know anything more than <laughs> Beth Slavic told me. <laughs> Thanks, Beth Um, Okay, so Susan Kuhnhausen, um, she did not grow up around happy marriages. Okay, when she was, um, she grew up to a father who was an Air Force cook and her mother was a homemaker and they separated early. She was in the second grade when they uh, separated. So her life was always chaotic, um, you know, with her husband, uh, with her father being um, an Air Force cook. So they were always shuffled around with between schools, homes, and parents. Um, As she says, my parents love me, but they couldn't teach me how to have a successful marriage any more than they could teach me how to fly. You know, like that's always important for kids is to grow up around. You have to see people being in a happy relationship in order to like have a happy relationship, I think. Um, So she, um, Susan became a uh, licensed practical nurse and then a registered nurse. And she lived. Um, she moved to Oregon in the early '80s, um, and then later por- um, lived in Portland, Oregon. Um, well, first it says first she settled in Coos Bay, which I don't know where that is, and then she later lived in um, Portland. Um, she was said to be like totally outgoing, loud, and vivacious, and like big, boisterous laughs. I love. I'm sure. Did you love this part too? Oh yeah. She went to shows at Harvey's Comedy Club and she'd sit in the front row. I
1: know. It just made like, me be like, I know this woman. That's our people. Yeah, she's yeah. our people. Like, I, you know, every time, like, every comedy club I have worked at, I feel like they're always like, oh, here's John. He's here on a Thursday. Like, he oh, comes yeah. every week by himself and he sits right up front. And it's always like just the best audience member. And there's I, a guy at the. Should I say no? Okay. There's a guy at the Laughing Skull Lounge that is like at every show and
0: he's in the front row, but every time he's with a different woman. Is he really? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know that I'm I've ever about noticed. I'm pointing him out to you yeah. next time. Yeah, every time. Wow, good yeah. for him. Yeah. I, he's
1: like, this is my go-to place. I know it's going to be good. I guess. Yeah. I guess. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, usually the people that come every week are not with dates. Like They're usually like people who are just like, this is the thing I do. On yeah. Days. Yeah. But, but
0: I like have a glass of wine. Go see right. some comedy. Um, so um, in 1988, a friend um, and Suzanne's mother uh, paid for a personal ad in for Susan in the Williamette Week. Is it Willamette or Williamette? Willamette. Willamette Week. So this is the same article. Uh, the same paper that this article came from yeah that's so, so isn't that weird <laughs> yeah. so in 1988 they like bought a personal ad this is back in the day before you know tinder and stuff you would take out personal ads and be yeah. like, single white female looking for blue blue uh, for a rich <laughs> man to no i'm just kidding um so she wrote her ad said single white female 33 overweight but not over life seek single man who wants more out of a relationship than just slender love it um i love it too I love her. Um, I do, too. So, uh, someone replied and said, Hi, different. And my name is Mike. I'm a 39-year-old divorced white male. I enjoy most things in nature, from wandering in the ape caves at Mount St. Helens to walking on the beach at sunset. He sounds amazing. How romantic. (laughs) Um, So... The day um, she first spoke to him on January 30th, 1988 on the phone and they talked to each other over and over again um, way before they even met. She thinks it was about a hundred hours before they even met. She said that he had a nice a nice voice. He had a nice voice and um, she said that he was impressed. She was impressed that he wanted to talk about the deeper things in life.
1: Yeah, that's it nice. So deep. I mean, can you imagine someone in this day and age like spending a hundred hours on the phone before meeting? I mean, I I would hate that. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, catfish people do it all the time. People on catfish. Oh, I guess that's true. Um, So um, then um, they had their first date in February 1988. They met at Crystal Springs Rhododendron Garden uh, and they fed ducks and Mike tossed, it says Mike tossed, Unsalted peanuts to the squirrels. <laughs> like, that's a detail, Beth Slavic, that right. I would not have gotten. No. That's and really good for, journalism. Yeah, we're
1: painting that
0: picture. Yeah, unsalted. Um, so, within the year, they ended up going to Reno and they got married. Uh, it says, Mike liked to play slots and Susan figured there was no bigger gamble in life than marriage. Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? That's the truth. Um, so, basically, unfortunately for her the gamble um it didn't pay off it says it's like the marriage soured very quickly like right after they got married there was no more like hiking and walks on the beach yeah. like he just never wanted to leave the house he just turned into a different person immediately of which sucks because she was so like full of life and you right. know, you know love to laugh and mike to give you some background he grew up in Portland. Um, and he was adopted as a newborn in 1948 by a couple in their 30s. He um, told her that he was in Vietnam, um, but records actually list him as just a switchboard operator. Oh. Um, but I guess maybe it was in Vietnam, so maybe So he told her that he was in combat and then he wasn't? Yeah. Probably. Um, so then... Uh, within a few years after they got married, Mike got a job as a janitorial supervisor for Oregon Entertainment, which is the parent company of Fantasy Adult Video. So a janitor oh. in a, a porn adult
1: store adult
0: video store. But I
1: wonder if, because you know, yeah. I feel like in that time, adult video stores were where people would go to watch porn. Yeah. They would have like the little booths where... They could do peep shows and stuff.
0: Like, I think what they're saying is he used to, like, mop that shit up. Gross. So gross. Um, Or who knows? Maybe he was, like, an executive. (laughs) 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 Writing schedules and planning (laughs) meetings and stuff. I don't know. Um, So, basically, um, he started, um, you know, slowly revealing to her in their marriage, that, you know, he was just not a happy person. It says that his philosophy on life was, life is a shit sandwich. Every day you take another bite until you die. Oh. Which is so nice. Lovely. Lovely. Um, And they never had any children, um, which Suzanne was fine with. Basically, he just kind of sat around and did nothing, and then just griped at her for every move she made. And just was not a great... Not a great marriage. Yeah, it sounds um,
1: like a slog.
0: She said that whenever she tried to kiss him, he would, like, burp. Ugh. I know. Just gross. I just picture, like, Ed Bundy, like, a really overweight Ed Bundy, like, sitting right. on the couch with his belly out, like, burping. Oof. Um. So, 17 years into their marriage, it took 17 years. Ugh. Um, she finally had enough and she, in September, 2005, she kicked him out of the house. Um, and then he moved into his father's home. Um, but Susan never changed the locks or the alarm code, which was, uh, 1210, which was their anniversary was the alarm code. Yeah. Um, so... Like I said, she was um, an emergency room nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when she was 51 years old, this on the evening of Wednesday, Wednesday September 6, 2006, um, she ended her shift at the Providence Portland Medical Center and um, headed to the salon. And then after she um, finished at the salon, she went back an hour later. She went home to rest. Um, when she got... To her house in the mudroom at the back of her house, Susan found a note by the microwave um, written by Mike. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it was weird because he didn't live there anymore. But he wrote, Sue, haven't been sleeping, had to get away, went to the beach. Yeah. She's probably like, oh, now you want to go to the fucking beach? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Now you want to get out? Okay. Um, So, and then he wrote at the end, love me. Mm. Um, And so... So she unlocked the door and went into the kitchen. And she heard the um, security alarm beep. And she disarmed it. And then walked um, through the house and went back outside. And then um, went and got her mail. Came back inside. And then she saw that in her bedroom, the bedroom was like super dark. Which was not normal because she would usually open up the curtains. So she was like, what's going on? That's weird. I thought I opened the curtains in the morning. So she went into her room. And then from behind the bedroom door, all of a sudden, a five-foot-nine strange man
1: jumps on her. Ugh. Like, lurches, lurches at God, her. It's, that's such, such a nightmare. I mean, just yeah. to be like, isn't that just so the scariest thing to, like, unlock your door, go and, like, think you're just in your house by oh, yeah. yourself and have a stranger pop out? Cause no, like,
0: that's everybody's nightmare. That's yeah. why you, like, open the shower curtain when you go to
1: bathrooms. Right. Because you have to see... Make sure, yeah, yeah. So like I can't, I can't be caught unawares. Ugh, so scary. Um, he, so he wore Dockers, a
0: blue striped shirt, and a tan baseball hat pulled over his eyes, and he had long hair in a ponytail that was tucked into the cap, because then no one could tell that you have long hair, right? Whatever. Idiot. So, and he wore yellow rubber gloves on his hands, and he carried a red and black claw hammer. Oof. Um, so. Most people would, in this situation, would run immediately. But because Susan is such a a pro... Like, she's a nurse. She's been a nurse for 30 years. And ER nurses are superheroes, dude. Like, they're used to, like, having to, you know, disarm people that are injured and, and flailing around. Or, like, administer, like, IVs to people who are thrashing around. Like... They're, and they learn about self-defense and right. all that stuff. Like, nurses are badass. Yes. Dude. We all know a nurse in our lives, or maybe you're a nurse. Like, shout out to them, because that is the hardest job, and they are all amazing. Yes. Um, And so, um, because of her training, she knew um, that, and, and her self-defense training, she knew that if she got right up in front of his face, that he couldn't hit
1: her with grab like you know with force right that the force would be yeah blows would be less than if she was standing farther away which is just amazing like and good tip good
0: tip yeah. yeah i'm
1: like i didn't know that and just the fact that in that instance that she sees a stranger come running out of her bedroom or running out of in her bedroom with a hammer yeah and she is like i gotta get closer to this guy yes that she thinks i'm like she's amazing i know she's so brave oh my god that's crazy so she rushed towards him
0: she knew that like like i said he would have less force if he hit her and he did hit her and it landed the first blow landed on her left temple and she screamed and this is oh my god if did you like freak out as much as i did when i read this what she scream loudly is, "Who are you? What do you want?" Right? <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! Yes, <laughs> dude. Okay, like you never want to be in this situation ever, 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 ever. Right. Like, and that this is not cool that she was ever in this situation. But how fucking bad is ass is it that she got to be like, "Who are you? And who do you work for?" <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's awesome. I mean, she has um, a lot of good lines. Dude. Yeah.
0: <laughs> she's amazing. So, Susan was only five foot four, which is how tall I am. And so, she was five inches shorter than the man in the baseball right. hat. Right. Um, and she had two bad knees from repeated injuries, um, but she actually outweighed her attacker significantly. Yeah. He was like 190, and she was more than that. She doesn't need to tell you what her weight is. Right. Why are you, you asking? Alone? She's a fucking <laughs> badass. Okay. So, um, She slammed, so she used her weight to slam her body up against his, and he didn't fall. Instead, he pushed her back. Um, And then the only words that he uttered that entire night is he said, You're strong.
1: And Fuck yeah, she is. is. And then um, I'm sorry. I feel like I've been dropping so many F bombs. Me too. I can't help it. (laughs) Between the
0: first guy and then this guy.
1: I know. We're very excited for this episode. (laughs) We're
0: amped. Okay. So. She said that that phrase just sent surges of adrenaline through her, right? She was Which, like, Yeah, I yeah, am. imagine that like being the first compliment you got in 30 years, too. It was like when a man's attacking you, yeah, Ooh, he's you're like, strong. You're strong, and she's like, Thank you, I'm gonna kill you now. And so, um, she she said um, she knew that he was there to kill her, but she had she didn't know why. Right, and she pushed up against him again and said, "Who sent you?" <laughs> oh, you. love it. <laughs> Who sent you? And so she managed to wrestle the hammer from him, and then she hit him three times in his skull. Yes, um, yeah, and then he got the hammer back, and then she. Grabbed his throat, pushed him up against the wall, and said, "Who sent you here?" Yeah. Oh my god. And so the um, the man's face it turned red, then purple, and then darker, and then blue. And then she was like, she ran, and right. then that's when she saw the opportunity to leave. She and she left him on the floor, and she got out of there. So, um, but he actually got up again. And then he spun around and he punched her and he split her lip and he he punched her again and she fell to the floor. Um, And he was standing over her with the hammer and she
1: said she looked at the floor and I thought, I'm going to die today. Yeah. Um, How fucking scary. Like as a hammer coming down on your
0: Oh, my gosh. And she said to this day, she's not sure how, but she managed to pull the man to the floor. And she, um, and she told herself like that she had to get the hammer. So she pulled him to the floor, and then she started biting him like crazy. Yes. She bit his arm. She bit his flank. What's a flank? I think that your side, like okay. your, <laughs> the side of your stomach. <laughs> she bit his flank. She bit his thigh. And then she bit his ding dong. Yeah. Yes. yes. She, hell yeah, Susan. And then at the same time she was, the same time she's like, oh my God. The same time that she's biting him and like attacking him, she is, A simultaneously going through his pockets to find ID. So crazy. To figure out who he was. And then she was thinking maybe if I found his wallet, I could throw it under the bed and someone will find it later. But I need to find a way to get his identification
1: so someone will know who this man was that killed me. It's. I mean, God, I just can't... You never know how you're going to react in situations like that. But I do remember one time I was playing... Like hide and go seek at a graveyard when I was. Oh, smart. Um, yeah. Uh, we used to go to this, <laughs> this one graveyard, like a wood lawn all the time and like hang out, which is horrible. No, that's um, cool. But so we we're playing hide and go seek as a teenager and somebody came up and scared me and I just froze, like stood still and then fell to the ground. Like that, oh is, my God, my, that is so crazy that that's you my said f- that. Neither fight nor flight. I'm just like, boom.
0: That is hilarious that you said that because I have said the two times that someone has snuck up on me like that, yeah. my immediate reaction was to freeze and fall on the ground. <laughs> I wonder if that's like your body just like,
1: played dead, play dead. Yeah.
0: Oh my God. I remember I was like washing dishes. And I was in this house that I rented with like two of my other friends and I was washing dishes. It was at night and the window was right in front. No, oh. And you know how like sometimes it takes a minute for your eyes to adjust to what is on the other side of the window yes. when it's super dark. So I'm just sitting there like washing dishes and I zone out and then all of a sudden I see a man's face staring at me right in the, um, once my eyes adjusted and I feel I, like, spun around, like, I jumped in the air, right. did a flip, and then fell on the floor and cowered. And my roommate, Brian, <laughs> ran in and was like, it was me. <laughs> I was like, you're tech. Not cool. <laughs> I'm like, man, if that's scary when you learn that that's what you're, man, please don't attack me or Sally. We're yeah. just, like, stupid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to be a badass Susan. Me too. But I am not a badass Susan. Oh. I am just, a, ah, eh. you know, like. I would like to think that, like, yeah, I would react like Susan
0: or, like, a episode of Buffy,
1: the uh-huh. Vampire
0: Slayer. Like, I would just immediately know right. what karate. to do. To, like,
1: rifle through, his, as he's attacking yeah. me, rifle through his pockets for an ID so that the police can find him. Dude, she's amazing. She's amazing.
0: So the fight lasted
1: um, about 14 minutes, which is a long yes. time, dude. Because in Thou my mind, exhausting. I'm thinking of, like... This is like a couple minutes max, but 14 minutes is a lifetime.
0: It is. Oh, that's crazy. And so um, they were both... um, Now at this point, they're both in the hallway outside of Susan's bedroom. And she threw her left leg over his body, climbed on top of him, hooked her arm around his neck, and said... Tell me who sent you here, and I will call you a fucking ambulance yes. and yelled it in his face. That
1: is she my said, favorite. She said "fucking
0: too." I love so it. It's yeah. not just us. <laughs> and she yelled in his face, and he said nothing. Instead, he just growled. And so she leaned forward, tightened her forearm against his throat, and then he stopped moving. So she then grabbed the hammer and ran outside to the neighbors, and the neighbors called nine one one. So the police ended up coming. And then um it she uh when she called well when she called the 9112 it's kind yeah. of a cool like there's a whole transcript which you can like look it up later when she called um unless do
1: you want to talk about the transcript? Oh. <laughs> no, I just love that. So her neighbor called yeah. and they were like she, the neighbor was like she's bleeding and they were like does she need an ambulance and the neighbor goes no she's a nurse she thinks that the intruder needs an ambulance she thinks he's dead
0: yeah so they called an ambulance for him
1: yeah for him like, yeah she was like i don't need an ambulance i'm fine i'm fine i'm a nurse i'm a nurse oh my god and he did need ambulance. i mean he did yeah because he was dead yeah so
0: he died so she killed the attacker that was sent to attack like to kill her yeah and so um, it didn't take them long to figure out who it was because they found his ID in his back pocket. His name was Ed Haffey, and he was a 59-year-old Vietnam vet, um, apparently with a long wrap sheet, sheet wrap sheet, wrap sheet. And then, then the day after the attack, Susan's friend um, was helping her at her house, you know, to like clean up yeah. or whatever, and she found a backpack in the basement, oh and God. in the basement. Um, they saw that um, um, inside of it was a container of Hershey's syrup, mm-hmm. $200 in cash, diabetes pills, I which, can't... like, what, what's up with the syrup, right? <laughs> I know. I'm like, what? I got some. <laughs> <laughs> like, I need my diabetes pills, but I also really need this syrup. <laughs> um, a daybook and a paste of made out to halfie. So, um... So... And, and in the entry of the daybook, it said Monday, September 4th, 2006, call Mike.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mike. And then in the envelope, it had um, Mike. And then there was a manila envelope in the backpack, and inside it was Mike's new cell phone number. Right. Mike is her. Ex-husband. Yeah. The husband that she had kicked out of the house or whatever. Yeah. So Burp, the, burp in the face. Yeah. The burp husband. in the face guy. An autopsy showed that Hafy actually had a near lethal dose of cocaine in his system when he attacked Suzanne. Mm-hmm. I guess he had to like do a bunch of coke to amp himself up. It, and then court records revealed that 15 years earlier, he had actually... Um, Haffy had actually arranged the murder of his ex-girlfriend, 39-year-old Georgia Lee Dutton. So, like, this was not his first right murder. And Oof. then, um, and what's crazy is, so he uh, pled guilty to conspiracy to commit aggravated murder um, in 1994, and then he spent nine years in jail. And then in 2003, he was released. And after he got a yeah. And then after he got out of jail, he moved to Portland and he got a job um, also cleaning floors at Fantasy Adult Video. hmm Barf. Barf. Um, so financial records also showed that um, the day of the attack, Mike had um, dro- driven to um, the coast and checked into um, a hotel. Um, and then just for that night, and then he returned to Portland later that night, um, and it said that he had spent three hundred thirty-nine dollars on a Magnum revolver. So and Wait, he,
1: after her murder, yeah. Okay. And on
0: and on September eighth, he had left a suicide note at his father's house. So and in the suicide note read, "All I ever wanted was to be loved, and every time I had it, I fucked it up, uh, by burping in people's face and." And trying trying to to kill kill your your wife, yeah, you fucked it up. You fucked it up, idiot. So anyway, so he was, I guess, had plans to commit
1: suicide. Do you think he really did? He didn't. I feel like he didn't. Like he left that note. I feel like he left that note and left town, so that they would think he was going to commit suicide. But I think he was just like, "I'm gonna go fuck off somewhere." I'm sorry. Now that I've now that I've unleashed the f beast yeah i can't stop so this whole
0: episode is just gonna be this yeah
1: (laughs) sorry (laughs) um yeah i feel like he was just trying to make it look like he was going to be like look like he was sad and then yeah like he was his plan was to just disappear
0: yeah Uh, yeah you're probably right because he doesn't seem like he yeah he said that he um when the police finally caught up with them he said Cause then they ended up finding him, and they right. said he said I have nothing to live for anymore, and it's like, well, then why would you? If you had nothing to live for, then why would you hire someone to kill your wife? Right. Because it also turns out that um, he had lost his job week, his job weeks earlier, and he had no place to live because Susan um, had actually named her brother the beneficiary on her life insurance policy, and Mike knew that. But, um, Suzanne and Mike had both paid off the house and when the house was worth about $300,000. So if she died, he would, he would have get the house
1: because they were still married. Yes. Yeah, so he very much, so he was like, I need to kill her before we get a divorce because they weren't officially divorced. Right. Right. And, um,
0: Ugh. yeah, so they already, it was like pretty undeniable that he, and plus there was another person, um. That came forward from his work that um, also testified that he had asked him to do it as well. Um, And then the security records show that someone had disabled the alarm at the house while Susan was at work. Yeah. So he said so... um, mike said that he did do it when he dropped off the note about going to the beach mm-hmm. but then he did not but that he denied letting haffy inside which bullshit 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 bull- bullshit 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 <laughs> on november 17th another witness told police that he had driven haffy to meet a bald man in the parking lot of an applebee's and then days after that he saw the man's picture in the news so he's s- s- saying that he's he, he saw ed he, with mike
1: he saw ed he with saw mike. the killer yeah
0: or the intruder the guy intruder, with with mike yeah Mike. he pointed out that mike was the one that he drove him to um and so he tried to deny it but the evidence was overwhelming and then on august 30th 2007 mike pled guilty to soliciting susan's murder but he was supposed to be released on
1: september 14th 2014. can i interject a fun detail, yeah. another fun Susan saying. So I found this in a different um, article. Sorry, I brought up my notes on it. Um, yeah, please. So at the sentencing, so he was sentenced to 10 years, which is just crazy, right? That's all. So, um, but at the sentencing hearing, um, Susan got up and t- said, if I ever believed you deserved to be dead, I would have at least had the balls to kill you myself. Hell yeah. <laughs> Isn't, <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Yes. And then in his statement, Mike said, "I heard a lot of people over the last year, and I'm sorry. That's all I can say. I'm sorry." And then in the courtroom, Susan just started laughing like, oh my uncontrollably at that, and then she started crying. But um, okay, so with that I just want to oh interject that because I thought that was also super badass. That just made me start right. Applauding. <laughs> like we are, we're standing on the top of sarcastic clapping. We're standing on the top of the table, and we are like, "Oh, Captain Mike." <laughs> 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 Teach me, Susan. Yeah. Um, so,
0: yes. So he was supposed to be released on September 14, 2014, and Susan, um, who had already, she filed for divorce the day after he was arrested, and but and so she had to prepare herself. Like you know, she was, she, if he's getting out, he's probably going to try to kill me again. So right. she like, you know, um, she said, and this is so sad. She said, "I'm doing a life sentence for picking a bad husband." Ugh. That Which makes expensive. me so sad. And so she practiced she bought a gun, she practiced shooting at a nearby range. She bought a house that had was surrounded by gravel so that when you when people walked on you could hear the crunching. Yeah. That's really smart. That is really smart. Let's all cover our houses in gravel. The whole the whole yeah. house. Yeah. <laughs> the hallway, everything. Um so she said that if he came here, he was not going to get close enough to hurt me, she says. But on um, Friday the 13th in June 2014, cancer killed Mike.
1: Yeah. That's the only time I'm going to ever cheer for cancer. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. It's not a thing to cheer for except for in this instance. So uh, 92 days before his release, Mike died from cancer. Um, And letters it says jailhouse letters show that Mike never acknowledged his guilt. He kept um he kept saying that he was innocent and all this which whatever yeah and so um but you know she and so susan continued to work as a nurse until december 2017 i'm sorry 2014 and um people you know call her a hero yeah and she didn't like that people called her a hero because she was like you know, I killed a man. I don't right. want people to call me a hero. But then her boss said to her, they're not calling you a hero because you killed a man. They're calling you a hero because they want to believe given
1: the same circumstances, they too might survive. Yeah. It's great. The... I, I also read like her, the, I, another Susan, another Susan statement. Yeah. That she said, I didn't choose his death. I chose my life. Yes. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I love her so much. I know. Oh my god. So And oh the other thing, sorry, this was um so she she has put her focus, she's now like an advocate for crime victims and she has um, worked with the development of like a port a web portal for crime victims so that crime victims can kind of like get support they need. So oh, <laughs> she, yeah. what a badass.
0: Oh my god. I like if we had a a mascot or an idol or like, you know, a, yeah. a portrait of someone in our podcast studio which uh-huh. we don't have um i would want to <laughs> paint it in do you mean your kitchen <laughs> yeah my kitchen i would like sometimes to have um a painted picture of susan cohenhausen that how you say cohenhausen i think so Kornhausen. yeah a po- painted picture of her yeah do we have any artists Our out here yeah <laughs>
1: can somebody yes, send if us- you paint it
0: we'll we'll post a picture of her and then somebody send us send us a painting i kind of love
1: like every picture you see of her on a lot of the articles, it's her like picture right after the attack. Yeah, and like normally you'd be like, "Wow, why are you posting a picture?" But it just shows like she looks badass. Like she looks like somebody that you're like, "Oh, I don't want to mess with that lady." Like I, I, and I'm like, "Yeah, post that picture to be like, yeah, you can hurt her, and you can like, but she's not going down."
0: Yeah, and that yeah. just like the whole thing just goes to show too that she's. Five four, and like that's not very tall. Yeah. I, I consider myself to not be a tall person. I'm five four. Right. And, but it's really, she survived on her knowledge. Yes. And her preparedness. I love the story. I do too. Hey, Jen. Hey, Sally. Are you ready for a love story? I guess. I'm like real <laughs> amped about the last one. I feel really empowered. I do feel so really empowered. Don't make
1: me cry. It's like, you know what we need? <laughs> We need Susan to go up against the guy in your quickie.
0: Yeah. Like, oh, let's let Susan read that guy. Right. Like.
1: <laughs> oh my god,
0: that would be amazing.
1: That's what. Wow. Well, I, I'm really excited about my love story. Okay. I actually first heard about this couple on the podcast, The Longest, Shortest Time. Have you? Did you ever listen to that? It's no. A, um, it's a great podcast. Um, it's about parenting, and I heard and I listened to it. A, like it was a few years ago they were on this podcast and I forgot about them until I was looking for a love story but the episodes about them there's like a series um, about this couple and they're one of my absolute favorite podcast series I've ever listened to really and I definitely recommend listening to it because like as much fun as it is to hear the story their story from my perspective it's like a million times better to hear it from theirs like and they are um really interesting and funny people. And so I, I go look up The Longest Shortest Time and you can find this couple on there. Um, I also got some info. So that's Longest Shortest Time is what my source. And then also I get info from a 2018 Into Magazine article by David Dodge and a 2015 People Magazine article by Tier Dunlop. And there's, you can see a ton out there. There's also, check out the website Biff and I, which is um, the one of the couples, um, one of the individuals and in couple, like his website. So you can, oh, cool. you can hear all about the story. So I think this is a story of the couple's commitment to each other and to their children. And it's a story of how circumstances can change the tra- trajectory of your life and how what defines you as an individual and a couple and a family is what you do when you're faced with seemingly insurmountable challenges. So... In 2010, Tristan Reese was on his way to a party in Los Angeles when he spotted Biff Chaplow crossing the street. And Tristan says he saw this cute guy with bright pink hair and a nose ring and was like instantly attracted. And his name was Biff? His name, his, his like, his name was John. But everybody called him Biff. Yeah, it was like a childhood name. And, um, and so, it, and actually like the first couple episodes of they were on The Longest Shortest Time, it's John, but then he actually changed his name officially to Biff. So oh, it's Biff. Okay. Um, so yeah, so Biff. So he Tristan saw Biff and he was like, saw the direction he's walking and he was like, oh, I think he's going to the same party I'm in. I'm going to, and he was. And so at the party, Tristan said he was like, he put all of his effort into flirting with Biff. And he said Biff was giving nothing back. Like Aww. he was just like, he's like, I felt like he was just like staring at me and not saying anything uh-huh and so Tristan goes to the bathroom and he looks at his mouth and he realizes he has on his front tooth covering his entire front tooth a piece of spinach oh my and gosh. So Biff was just like trying yeah, to stare and not say anything uh-huh um well he should have said something right like I, I can't I'm sorry and Biff said like he did like Tristan when he met him but he said that He, Biff was in a relationship at the time. And he also said that Tristan acts like he was being super bold and flirty, but he totally wasn't. Uh. Um, He said, he was like, Tristan said something like, oh, I'm attracted to bears, which, you know, are like in the gay community is like kind of older guys, hairy, like big, beefy. And that's not Biff at all. Biff is like slight and had pink hair and was young, younger than Tristan. And um, so, but Tristan kept tabs on Biff online and like the minute Biff changed his Facebook status to single. Uh He called him up that day and was like, do you want to go to dinner? And Biff was like super excited for the date. But like at the end of the night, Tristan was like, hey, you know, they both just gotten dogs and they had talked about it. And he was like, you know, I got, I bought a dog toy for your dog. So why don't you... Um, come up to my apartment and I'll get it for you. And Biff was like, heck yeah, like I am getting some. And he's he's 24, like he's like, yeah, like what is he, and Tristan, so then Tristan gives him the toy and is like, well, I guess you better go catch a train. (laughs) And Tristan, but Tristan was into Biff too, Um, but like, you know, he was a 26 year old dude himself and also wanted to, you know, get some, but he also just wanted to give them time to get to know each other because something that is only important in the context of this story, and it's I only say this because Tristan himself feels like it's important to the story, is that Tristan is trans. So Tristan was born in a female body, and although he had been on hormones for years, he had not had surgery. So he wanted Biff, who was a gay man, who uh-huh. had never seen, I said he'd never seen a naked woman's body, like, to be prepared. Like, so yeah. if they were going to get intimate, he didn't want to spring it on him. And he was like, yeah, just, I want... See, I want to be respectful of, like, of him, of Biff. So, but they, like, you know, it, Biff, it turns out, was just, like, yeah, it was a little apprehensive, but whatever. You know, I liked this person. Yeah. And um, and they quickly figured it out. And they yeah. were a couple, you know. And so for a year, they lived this, like, they were in LA. They lived this super carefree life as, like, a young gay couple. They were going to parties. They were, like, taking trips to San Diego. They were going, to, had, like, long, leisurely brunches. Like, God, do you remember do you remember what that was like oh my god do you remember like brunch oh my god I remember long brunches like drinking at
0: brunch yeah you just take a nap when you're tired
1: right and then you're just like (laughs) yeah oh god I was I I remember somebody asked me like pretty soon after I had max like can you even remember your life before him and I was just like yeah. <laughs> Vividly. Like, every day. It was awesome. <laughs> it was amazing. I had an amazing life. That <laughs> was real fun. Why do you think I was married for 10 years before I had a baby? Um, so, and then, so they were having this carefree life and they were loving it and they were living together, but they weren't like committed. You know I mean? They weren't, they were in a relationship, but they weren't like, we're going to be together forever, you know? Yeah. So then on Friday afternoon, in August of 2011, uh, Biff gets a call from the social worker telling him that his sister's children, Riley, who was three, and Haley, who was one, would be put in foster care by the end of the week um, unless he could come take him, that he was the only option. Oh, wow. And so Biff's sister had become pregnant with her first child when she was a teenager and, and when she was 15, and then her second child when she was 18. And, and Biff was there when she gave birth to... Um, to Haley, to Riley, sorry, who was uh, the one, the three year old. And for a time after Riley was born, the two of them lived with Biff in Los Angeles and things seemed to be going okay. But Haley, or, but his sister had always been troubled. Like she had been on and off drugs and she pretty soon met a guy who was awful. Like he was a drug dealer, he was violent, but she fell really hard for him and followed him back to her hometown of Bakersfield. And pretty soon she was pregnant again. this time with Haley so the boyfriend wasn't just violent to Biff's sister but also to the children oh, too no. yeah so when Biff get the call got the call he didn't hesitate he like he knew that they were in a bad situation and so he called Tristan and Tristan agreed to go with him to Bakersfield and on the way Biff told Tristan look like I know we've never talked about where we stand long term and I know we're not forever kind of people but if you take these kids with me, that you need to promise me right now that you're gonna be in it for the long haul, like until they turn eighteen, because, yeah, because you I don't can't. Want to confuse yeah, he them. was like, I'm not gonna get these kids and go for let them go from one horrible situation to like another unstable one, like and and Tristan was like, yes, like said yes to it all. Like, can you imagine being like 25 wow. and just no. being with this like just you know kind of in a casual relationship, but then all of a sudden you're like, hey, we're gonna have two kids. And they knew. I mean, when they got there, they convinced Biff's sister to let the take let them take the kids for a little while while she got back on her feet. Um, But they knew, like, she's probably never going to. So, I mean, their plan was, we are gonna, we want to have these kids. Um, And Riley, the three year old, was completely non communicative when they got him. He had wild fits, and he was terrified to say no to anything. Like any kind of like disappointment or anger from them, he would just crumble to pieces oh. because he had been so conditioned that like, if he showed any kind of like defiance, he would be probably beat. So um he said, Tristan says like, even if they were like, Oh, Riley, sweetheart, like be careful. The stove is hot. Like that level of like criticism or whatever, you know, he would like just f- lie down on the floor and start crying. Oh, wow. And, so the first few weeks were just, like, trying to make the kids feel safe. And, like, they went to the zoo and to the beach. The kids had never been. And they had never been read to. Oh. Which makes me so sad. So for, for several months, though, they were – the kids were living with them. But they had – Biff and Tristan had no legal rights. They couldn't enroll them in daycare. They couldn't take them to the doctor. And they hoped that the parents would get their lives together. But it just, like, deteriorated very quickly. The boyfriend went to jail for, like, attempted robbery. And the sister um, – just kept, like, I mean, she was, like, doing drugs. And so they, they decided to file for emergency guardianship. And um, they talked to a lawyer in Bakersfield who told them that there was no judge in the country who would grant custody to a gay couple, especially when one half of the couple was trans. Um, they told him that they would rather these kids be with a straight couple who was abusing and neglecting them. That is so, oh. so fucked up. It's so oh. fucked up. Um, so Tristan, I mean, he talks about how hard it was. He was, like... Here they are, like, they're sacrificing everything to give these kids a good home. And they, like, stepped in. They became parents overnight. They were giving up their freedom. They were going into debt. I mean, they didn't make a lot of money. They worked at nonprofits, like, yeah. in L.A. And, you know, now they're dealing with these two traumatized children. And they're just people who think they shouldn't even be allowed near them. And they just talked about how incredibly hurtful that was. Oh, absolutely. And their family. And their family. Yeah. Yeah. So they filed the paperwork in L.A. hoping to get a friendlier judge. And initially, Biff's sister agreed to the emergency guardianship. um, But they lived in fear that any more minute she and her boyfriend could just show up and take them back. Um, And they got the emergency guardianship. And they filed for permanent guardianship right away. And at times, like, the birth parents were supportive of them as guardians. And then occasionally they would just show up to court dates and like fight him on it. Like it was just very erratic. Um and they just mi- they missed like every every parental visit that they were supposed to have the the birth parents to like try to get them back. They missed and then they would they even like one time sh- like just showed up at their house and then they were like threatening violence against Biff oh and Tristan. Oh my god. So um OK, so the legal proceedings lasted four years. And in that process, it just drained them financially and emotionally. Oh, yeah. And Biff says, like, you know, it makes you feel totally insecure. Like, your family could be called into question at any time. And every time you go to court, it's like, these people have the powers to tell me we're not their parents anymore.
0: These people that are not there and are do not know them and are right. not there day to day just yeah.
1: could just, yeah. Or like a judge powers. could just be like, you're not a traditional family. Like we're not, you know, you have no rights. So um, the court proceedings were dragging and Biff and Tristan decided to get married. And during the ceremony, they made not only like a lifelong commitment to each other, but they made it to the kids. And so they said that in doing that, they basically were like, even if these kids are taken away from us, we will follow them wherever we go. Like that's our commitment to them. We can't tell them for sure that this is, that they're going to be allowed to stay with us forever. Because it's out of our hands, but we will tell them that we will go with it where they go. So um, and at the at the at the ceremony, Haley and Riley told um, they did vows, too. And these kids who like had been so delayed and traumatized when they came to them are now just these normal, robust, delightful, obviously well-loved kids. In 2015, they were granted Permanent legal custody, and on July sixth of that year, they officially adopted the children in a oh, ceremony yay. in Los Angeles. Um, sorry, this is this is still a lot to the story. Oh no, <laughs> but no, but so yeah, good. yeah, <laughs> yeah. We can celebrate that. Like Biff, who was like the kids' caregiver, was like looking forward to finally having a moment to breathe. Like he f- had felt so much pressure this whole time to keep everything in the house perfect, to keep the kids perfect, because he just felt like a social worker could come in and yeah. say. No, that you're, you know, he's like, how would this look on paper, you know, if the dish, they come in and the dishes aren't done, which I just think like, God, somebody could walk into my house at any moment and be like, no, you're not fit. Yeah. Um, Tristan, though, was like, no, it's not time to take a breather. I have other plans. Because it turned out for a while, Tristan had been dreaming about having a biological child of his own. Um, So right after the adoption, he brings it up to Biff. And Biff's initial reaction was like, not good. He was just like, No. Are you kidding me? Like this is like he We already have two children. We have two children. Like I'm their caretaker. You're so you're asking me to have a like take care of a newborn and also Biff was just of the mindset of like I don't understand why anybody would have natural children when there are so many kids out there that need right. to be adopted. Like they had talked about adopting another kid down the line. But Biff, but Tristan was just like, you know, I I want to have a child. Like, you know, even though he was on hormones, he still had female sex organs. So he's like, "This is possible for me, and this is possible for us." And so they they talked about it and they talked about it. And eventually Biff came around. Like he says he was in a yoga class and he just had like a moment of like, okay. Let's do it! Wow. And so he goes to Tristan and is like, "Okay, we can do it." And Tristan was like, "Yeah, I wish you had been a little more enthusiastic." But he's like, "Yeah, well, anyway, I've already gone off hormones." So. Oh wow. Uh, so they went to see a doctor who told them basically like once Tristan started getting his period again, which he hadn't had like for a decade, yeah, that they could start trying, and they knew it was going to take a while, and so they waited months and months, and then Tristan like felt like crap from going off the hormones. And he was moody and irritable, but then one day he realized like his chest was hurting and he took a pregnancy test and it turned out that he was already four weeks pregnant. Like they just wow. saw this, they were waiting. They had no idea it was even possible at this point, but it turns out, um, I read a thing that the doctors say, like, you know, it's actually like a myth in the trans community. Like they need, to, people need to know, it needs to be more wide well, known that, um, hormones like going on hormones doesn't stop it's not birth control right. so because it happens there are actually quite a few unplanned pregnancies wow. it's the same amount of unplanned pregnancy in trans men as there are in like cis gendered th- or women oh wow yeah so the yeah <laughs> so it's it happens a lot actually um so they were stunned like they wanted it but they were like not prepared you know right. i mean i kind of feel like that's how i was you know, they. They in the longest, shortest time, like Tristan talks about how gay couples never have kids on accident. Like it's always they always are wanted and planned, but now here they were, like on the verge of becoming accidental gay parents for the second wow. time. You know, like it happened yeah. once with the with Haley and Riley and um but so unfortunately at six weeks into his pregnancy, Tristan had a miscarriage. Oh no. And he was devastated. But he like he was trying to keep his pain like his emotional pain and the physical pain from Biff because he felt like, well, Biff was not sure about this in the first place and I don't want him to think he made a mistake and then change his mind. And he was like, I don't want this to be my only chance at having a baby. And their relationship really took a hit. Like they were so, they had such good communication and they just quit connecting. And like both of them were like hurting, but doing it by themselves, you know? Um, And Biff was feeling like their lives had been in complete chaos for years and he just wanted a break. Like he was like, this is like another thing. And like, he was scared about like what it meant for their lives. Like, you know, he stayed home. So he was like, this is gonna be a big change and I would love just a break. And so he actually um, wrote Tristan an email. Like he was like, that was how they said they communicated the best when they had big things to tell each other. It was just like a way to get ex- their exact thoughts on the page, give the other person a chance to think about it. And so he said, Tr- Biff said, I want a baby. I just want us to wait it a year before we try again. And like, like, let's give our family a chance to recover. Right. And so Tristan read the email and he was like, was furious. He just <laughs> felt like it was his worst fear that Biff was backing out of their deal. But then he went for a walk. And it just, to me, this is like shows how strong of a couple they are that, that Tristan could hear something that was so hurtful. And he felt like he felt like he was being betrayed by Biff, but he like went for this walk and he talked to friends and he really thought about it. And he came back and he said to Biff, like, I love you and I trust you and you're smart. And if you think this is what is right for our family, like I not only agree to it, but like I support it. Like I'm with you and whatever you think is right, let's Mm -hmm. do it. And it was like putting that into like that Trust and faith into their relationship like broke something open for them. Yeah, and they were, they so they were. Ba- I mean, it was just like that turning point. Um, so they ended up. Um, they didn't even wait the year, of course, and uh-huh. so five months later, um, Tristan got pregnant, and in August of 2017, Tristan gave birth to a healthy baby boy that Aww. they named Leo.
0: Leo. Leo. Oh,
1: cute. Um, and. You can, like, just go listen to Longest Shortest Time. It's The series is called Accidental Gay Parents, and it's really, really, really great. Um, and then also go check out Biff and I. They have a YouTube channel where you can, they talk about all of these things, and they're really open about their lives. And Tristan says that, like, you know, they get so much um, support, but they also get a ton of, like, vitriol and hate, um, yeah. as you can imagine. I mean anybody on the internet gets it for anything. So yeah. if you can imagine being a trans man who's pregnant and putting that out front. Right. Um you can imagine the things that are said to him. So but he says like I have I have so many privileges as a trans man that many trans people don't have. Um because I have a supportive family and I have a partner and I have, you know, he works um in an for an LG he's the director of an LGBTQ plus organization Uh and so he just is like I have a platform to show other trans couples and gay couples like you know hey this is can be done here's how we did it and to talk about these issues and to make them like more normalized for other people and so he feels like if I can do it I should and that I just think is so amazing to like put yourself in the face of all of this criticism and blowback just for having, just for loving your family and wanting to create a family together. Um, but that he continues to do it because he wants to help other people. So that's amazing. So that's my story.
0: Oh, I love that story. It's so good. (laughs) Um, so for something dumb and something I love this week, um, I'm actually just gonna like feed, like feed off of what you were just talking about. Uh like, I feel like, um, I've been reluctant to even talk about this just because it's a personal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I'm already getting teary No. <laughs> but we said that we would be honest. Yeah. And um, so it's just... Okay, so my parents who are... Um, they're, like, already retired. They, like, have their,
1: like, retirement home. They, like, already yeah. downsides. I mean, but- your mom is, like, following Aerosmith around. Yeah, my mom's <laughs> like, well, cool. she... um. So we had a
0: situation in our family where um, about a month ago, my uncle took his own life. I'm sorry. And um, left three beautiful children behind. Yeah. And he was a single dad. And so, sorry, I'm trying to like...
1: No, that's okay. I was like, I
0: waited so long to talk about it so that I wouldn't (laughs) cry. So anyway, so overnight, you know, my parents have taken... Um, my cousin's in and, Amazing. and now our family is bigger and, um, it's, it, yeah, you just never know. Like life is so crazy. I mean, of course the suicide is a major thing. Um, I was reluctant to talk about it because, you know, I didn't, I, I toyed with like, do I want to even put that out there about my family? But it's the truth and that's what happened. Yeah. Um, and it's not the first person in our family that's done it. It's yeah. the third person in our family it and it's it's just it's really important for people to know what it looks like and how it affects families, yeah, and so um, uh, number one, I want anybody who is contemplating that to seek help, ask for help, talk to somebody, um, but um also, like life is just so crazy. you just never know like you wake up one day, and now my parents have three
1: teenage boys, yeah. And I, and I mean, I'm just yeah. so impressed by your parents that they, I mean, they didn't hesitate. They went right down yeah, they and got them. Yeah, they did. Immediately, like, immediately. What, what amazing people. Yeah.
0: And we're so, while the situation, of course, is so heartbreaking and unfortunate for everyone. Yes. Um, I'm so grateful that to have the family that I have that would, um, to wear, and to have my cousins the three boys i love them so much yeah and um it's i'm so lucky to have like three new brothers you know that are with us and um and um i don't really know what i I guess i was just i was not sure what i wanted to talk about today for something dumb but then your story just kind of made me be like i'm just gonna talk about it yeah i'm just gonna go for it so um something dumb was something i've been battling with for we're um, not battling with just experiencing but it's a heavy thing to talk about and I know yeah I, I haven't really talked to anyone about it I've talked to you
1: sorry no it's um. okay we did have one <laughs> one day where yeah. Jen like right after it happened right, where right. we came Jen came over to um to record and it was I mean it was literally like days later and like there was just no, it was like, oh, this isn't happening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then so, I think my, my, my landlords came to like yeah, deliver like, something. like us not record like, you know what, let's just <laughs> not, like this is not a good um, day. <laughs> but I've also felt pretty kind of,
0: um, like over the last like four episodes, you know, just kind of like, I'm not being true to the, how we said that, like we would be honest and yeah. we would talk about the things that were uncomfortable to talk about. We promised we would. Yeah. And I didn't. And um, so I've, I'm glad that to like get it out right,
1: know? which is I mean, mm-hmm. which is okay. You I, know, know, I know, You know. You weren't like hiding it; you just were not ready. Yeah, to, exactly. to talk about it, and for privacy in your own family. I yeah, know, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, and
0: so, um, and you know, I'm not gonna say their names for privacy's sake, but I mean, um, the that's something dumb is just something that's been going on, and then um, something that I love is that I am so so overwhelmingly grateful to have these boys i love yeah. them so much and my kids love them so much and it's my son's birthday um this weekend yay yay he's turning nine and he, the biggest thing that he cannot wait for is that um the boys are coming over tonight to teach him how to play dungeons and dragons i love that and i love it
1: i love you call them like the boys. the boys i know we just like, call yeah. them
0: the boys. the boys the boys the boys um but <laughs> so they're um the, all week long, like, Sully's birthday, it's, like, taking a back seat to... He's just like, is it Friday yet? Is it Friday oh yet? Gosh. Like, his birthday is on Sunday, yeah. but all he can't... He cannot wait for, like, the boys to come over. The boys, I mean, can
1: the, you imagine? Because he's going to be nine? Yeah. Sully? huh. like, a nine-year-old. And so now I have these three cool teenage teenagers who are just, like, up. taking an interest in him. And then, like, oh, my... I, I can only imagine how special he feels. And, like, what, like, nice... Kids who are in the middle of like a crazy trauma themselves to like take the time and do that like I just you know they're the most amazing kids I've ever met and I'm I'm so
0: in love with them and yeah I'm so grateful for them well they're
1: lucky to have you too well, and so
0: um so that's my thing sorry I okay got a little heavy um, <laughs> oh
1: okay so let's you get want, even heavier do you want to be Sally? heavy <laughs> <Let's> just, <laughs> Sally's not having a good week either um I know I so. My mom had a stroke, which you know, and um, I'm gonna try not to cry because I don't think I like you were a very good talker and crier, but I think I would no, just I'm stop. Not. <laughs> um, and it's horrible. It's, um, yeah, it's horrible. I just keep, like, I feel bad because people are like, How's your mom? I'm like, oh, it just keeps getting worse. It's oh, just worse and God. worse. And so I was down this weekend, and um, yeah, it's just really hard. I, you know, I really am feeling that, like, when people talk about being in the sandwich generation of like caring for your parents and a small child and and not that I am doing that you know my brother is there with her and he is the brunt of caretaking for her but yeah just the pull of like needing to be here and going to work and um and then also really wanting to be there with her I don't know it just is um it's the hardest thing I think my family has gone through and we've had a lot of shit so um as everything as it happens in every family you know but the thing I love is my mom and also both of my brothers my brother Keith came from Seattle and my brother Damien who has been there with her through all of her health issues and is there now like we really you know coming together with them and we're just like all right how do we deal with this and like just seeing them and how capable they are and they're just like let's figure this out, let's do it, has made me feel stronger. And um and yeah, so I just love that. Um I'm trying to think if I can think of something lighthearted. Can I tell you something lighthearted that I sure, learned this yeah. week? Um, so that we can end on a positive note. Well, um, also like you're a badass, dude. Uh, I like, don't you, feel like it. <laughs> you really are. I mean, you do
0: so much and I know this has been like so hard on you and you, See, now like, Jen's gonna make me cry.
1: Well
0: <laughs> I just like you're like Susan. You're, I think Susan.
1: You're, you're Susan. A Susan <laughs> You're a Susan Cook. I think you're Susan. You guys, I think She's that's our lighthearted thing. Susan. Susan's our Susan's uh, our idol. Yeah. And I think that's our lighthearted thing, is that yeah. Susan is amazing and I'm glad she came into our lives. Me too. Thank you, Susan. Thank you, having. Susan. Thank you,
0: Susan. Um,
1: so I hope you guys you guys can be Susan's in your own lives this week. Yes. <laughs> and um and that that uh you guys get out there and do something dumb for love. Dumb, da-dum, dumb, dumb,
0: da-dum, 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 dum da-dum, dum dumb, da-dum, da-dum,